Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sorry about that. Uh, Ms. Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Hey, uh, real quick aside, uh, I know that you guys want me to do the four hours of ghost stories, and I will, I will, but um, I just received a very interesting piece of footage from somebody's ring uh, doorbell and they heard three knocks on the house but there was nobody there and then they reviewed the ring footage and as much as I hate to say it there's an orb <laughs> but the orb doesn't appear it's certainly not a piece of dust it might be an insect but I don't know I put it up on the Bowerly on WBEN Facebook page for your analysis and interpretation I don't know what I'm looking at but I don't usually think of orbs as being paranormal because the pictures usually show me a flying bug or a piece of dust. This is a video footage, however, which is very, well, I want to see what you guys have to say about it. Best, it's, I tell you, it's, it's the best orb footage I've ever seen, and it's from Attica. Um, and the lady you took is kind of cute, so I'm just saying. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, it is Bowerly with you on the radio. And I, I did not know this was going to be such a popular topic, but it is. And long story short, the music that you got mocked for that now people suddenly got into. That's one way to phrase it. Why do I bring this up? Because Christopher Cross is playing tonight. And I never would have thought in a million years I'd be excited about going to see Christopher Cross. But I'm looking forward to it, uh, truly. Uh, let's go to the calls and Jerry in Wheatfield. Jerry, they used to mock you, but then the world caught on. Tell us how you led the pack. <laughs> Great show, Tom. I, I would say slightly above mediocre, but thank you. Yeah. Okay. So my vote is uh, Carlos Santana at Woodstock. Soul sacrifice. Okay, One but the greatest song. Were were you were you there? I, I was not there. Well, see, this is the, the I guess the the whole point here is the stuff that you actually went and saw, even though people kind of mocked it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's it's all right. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, the stuff that you actually saw that maybe you got in trouble with your friends for seeing, uh, but now it, it has become super cool. I think Hall & Oates is a great example of that. I don't know what the crowd's going to be for Christopher Cross. Hall & Oates jammed him into a pretty big venue. Let's go to CJ in, 
It, but the, the key is here, you actually saw them, and you might have taken grief for seeing them, but now you had the last laugh. And whom did you see that maybe oh. people gave you grief over that now you think, aha, I saw the Bee Gees and you didn't? Here's CJ in Buffalo. Hello. Oh, my goodness. What an intro. Um, <laughs> um, the only I want to comment about something first, if that's okay with you. And I don't think our music tastes really change. We just add more music to our library. And you just pull out whatever you need at any particular time. Um, the stuff you listen to in grade school or high school, you still love it. But it's, it's, it's just in your bank. Okay. It's in your music bank. It's in our music bank, yes. I have, okay, I'll give you two, all right, about people that I didn't really listen to. I'm a little bit older than you are. Um, people I didn't really listen to and then was just blown away when I grew up. Okay, the first one was uh, Roy Orbison. Now, we watched Roy Orbison on Saturday Night Live many, many years ago. And we were listening to him, and we were just electrified. And then the next thing we know, he's at Melody Fair. We go to see Roy Orbison. And then, shortly after, we get the Traveling Wilburys. So you you were in. Now, Roy Orbison is a really interesting, uh, had a really interesting story. He lost children to a horrible house fire um, many, many years ago. But... Roy Orbison had several incarnations as a star. Um, he had his his early stuff, and then he had a solo. He had a big solo hit, and then he hooked up with the Traveling Wilburys, and unfortunately died in his early fifties of cardiac arrest. Yeah, yeah, didn't they all? That was too bad. But at least he hooked up with the Traveling Wilburys, and I think um, his music and his voice got out there. Um, later in life not so much when he did pretty woman he was up against the beatles um so roy orbison didn't get a lot of um play in the 60s the other one i want to talk about or mention is uh, tina turner now everybody knew tina turner because she sang proud mary and that was kind of the end of the story we didn't know anything else then all of a sudden she leaves ike she puts out um, Private Dancer, and she's a she's sensational yep. all through the eight. Great shows. So again, I mean, you you have talked about people uh, that are absolute legends, and you actually saw. See, I'm I'm, I'm once again going to be jealous. You saw Roy Orbison, the pre-Wilbury days, but you saw him. Yes, at Melody Fair. I also saw Johnny Cash at Melody Fair. <laughs> okay, see, Johnny Cash is, is another great example because in the 1960s, Johnny Cash was kind of considered square by some people, in, no, in, in, in the hippie movement. But Johnny Cash became, uh, as he got older, incredibly more popular, and he, he had a cult status by the time he died. And Johnny Cash was popular with musicians. That oh, made him a 
Yeah. Yeah. Very, very much so. Very. Yeah. Very much so. And uh, he did. Um, um, he he did a remake of. Uh, oh, I can't think of the song. I can't think of the name of the band. Um, Josh does. It, uh, Hurt. Yeah, Hurt. Yeah, he did a remake of Hurt, um, which was one of the th- final things he ever recorded. And it's just, it is so incredibly moving. The Johnny Cash version of Hurt, you can look it up on uh, online. It's just, it's amazing. But you saw two of the great ones. Yeah, and I remember, um, I remember seeing um, Roy Orbison, and we were all wondering if he could still hit that high note. <laughs> yeah. And he, he could. Great. did. He did, and it was perfect. Um, too bad he died young. Oh yeah, and you know if you think about it, um, it's it's really strange because of all the guys in the Traveling Wilburys, only Jeff Lynne and Bob Dylan are still alive. In yeah. in, in Dylan's case, I'm, I'm not entirely sure about that, but uh, he uh, but Jeff Lynne is very much alive. And it was uh, Jeff Lynne, George uh, George Harrison, Roy Orbison, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, and you talk about a super group. That's about as close as you're going to come. The whole story of how the Traveling Wilburys became a thing is fascinating. It is. It really is. And we're lucky that we had it. Oh, I just I only wish they would have gone on tour. I would love to have a live Wilburys album in the in the collection. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you, thank you very, very much. You know, I mentioned Jeff Lynne. Uh, and see, there's somebody else. In the 1970s, a lot of us took Jeff Lynne and Electric Light Orchestra for granted. They never really were the queen, okay? They weren't as big as queen. But now, when Jeff Lynne goes on tour, he sells out major arenas. I don't think he could sell out the stadium. Probably would sell out or close to it the uh, arena. Let's go to David in uh, Lewiston on WBEN. Uh, you are on, David, in Lewiston. Hello. You are ahead of the curve as far as cool goes, or is it Barry Manilow? <laughs> well, uh, I'm I'm a musician. I've been a, a rock and blues musician, and I'm an older gentleman. <laughs> i put it that way. And a long time ago, in the early 70s, I took my mother and we went and saw um, Roberta Flack and who and Barry Manilow opened up for Roberta Flack. Seriously? At the Niagara Falls Convention Center. Oh, the, wonderful acoustics, by the way, in the Niagara Falls Convention Center. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was uh, it was great. He, he did a great job. And of course, she was great. Now. Roberta Flack, uh, I don't believe, is she still with us? Yeah, she is still with us. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, she, um, she, she had a, a, she's 85 years old. Yeah. Roberta, okay. you know what her middle, her, her middle name is Cleopatra. Okay. <laughs> but, but she didn't know, I'm just full of uh, trivia here. I didn't know that. And, and it killing me softly, I'm presuming that uh, when Barry Manilow opened up for Roberta Flack, that was at the peak of killing me softly? Oh, yeah, I believe so. And uh, he put on a great show. He did a whole bunch of uh, a bit, a big, long medleys of uh, commercials that he did for TV. It was pretty cool. Yeah, he uh, actually, his, his song he wrote about that was I Write the Songs. Okay. He actually talks about his jingle career, and it's really disturbing that I know that, uh, David. I'm just saying. Yeah. So, and, and then uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. You you keep going. I. Well, and then I was playing over in Canada uh, in a disco band, 
at the at the at the uh, Skyline the, uh, Skyline there in the bottom. Uh, there, was a, there was a big club. I used to go play over there with a bunch of guys. And um, the one night we were there, and there was a couple there on their honeymoon, and it was Minnie Ripperton, and she came and sat with us while we played, and we had a nice time with them. Wow. Now, Minnie Ripperton is uh, no longer with us. She had no. a very uh, abbreviated life, unfortunately. Yeah, like like Otis Redding. <laughs> yeah, well, Minnie Ripperton, um, she she has uh, not been with us since 1979. Well, she died shortly after we met her, pretty much. Uh, she was, a... let's see, 47, 57, 60. She was only in her early 30s. Yeah. Because I was playing out there, we met her probably around 75, 76, yeah, just before she passed away, yeah. Yeah, 31 years old. That's just uh, it's just horrible. So that, what do you have, do you have uh, photographs of yourself and Minnie Ripperton? No, no. Back then, you know, you had to have a whatever kind of camera you had back then, the brownie or whatever those were. <laughs> No, I think it was a little post brownie era. Uh, thank you, David. I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the call. Um, yeah, in 1976, Minnie Ripperton revealed that she'd undergone a mastectomy due to breast cancer. Uh, at the time of her diagnosis, found out her cancer had already spread to her lymphatic system, and uh, you know we did the show last week on on breast cancer, and uh, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and uh, you know I. I we talked about this last week, but uh, everybody listening to my voice has had close encounters with uh, breast cancer and the people who have um, suffered with it. Um, thankfully, more and more people um, seem to be surviving it, but um, it's just it's tragic. So many people who have not been able to uh, to beat it. So, you know, let's just uh, say a little prayer for everybody dealing with uh, breast cancer right now and all the survivors. Not a big fan of the pink ribbons, but uh, just uh, to the survivors, you know, good good for you. Well, I didn't know this was going to be such a big hit. I'm kind of glad. I, I wasn't planning on doing it so long, but uh, hey, I'm I, I'm your puppet, okay? You call, you, you're pulling my strings. I do what you guys want me to do. And uh, Minnie Ripperton, by the way, if, if you're not familiar with Minnie Ripperton, I suggest you look up uh, her song, Lovin' You, Online, loving you, Minnie Ripperton. Listen to the whole thing and tell me she doesn't have the most amazing voice you've ever heard. She had a rare talent and a rare register capability. Let's go to Phyllis in uh, Boston. You're on WBEN. Uh, a song or a ba- I'm sorry, a, a band that wasn't cool, but you liked them anyway, and now suddenly they're cool. Well, you know what, Tom? Um, I really like what I grew up with in the eighties, the early, late seventies, early eighties. Um, and, uh, one of the concerts that, um, was really, you know, really hit my heart was when I saw, um, El Stewart at, um, the Riviera, he was awesome. Um, and now, was, was this recent, was this recently like the show in the past few months? That was the show probably March or April. Yeah. I'm sorry. I missed that. I love El Stewart. Oh, my God. He was so good, and he had a really nice backup band. And the coolest thing was there was um, the uh, trumpet that was playing a lot of, you know, the big, um, the uh, really nice parts of the song. That guy, uh, his original band member had COVID, so they brought in a gentleman, young kid from UB Music School, and um, he he, apparently, what Al said during the concert is that he... um, practiced with them for like less than 24 hours and he just killed it 
um, a young, probably 21-year-old kid just fresh out of uh, high school and, you know, just early into college. But um, along with that, um, I saw B.B. King at the Century Theater, Super Tramp at the Century Theater. Um, oh, God, what, what else? Uh, but you have seen, I mean, B.B. King, I mean, just so we're isolating here on the topic, B.B. King, always cool. B.B. King, always cool. Never an issue. Uh, and, and what was the other one you mentioned? Um, oh, um, oh, uh, what's his name? Um, well, of course, Bob Dylan. I've seen him. Oh, Super Tramp at the Century Theater was phenomenal. You know, they had a really lot of nice concerts there. Um, but Super Tramp, see, just, UB. Mm-hmm. just 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 so we're clear, Super Tramp was always cool. Now, the concert you saw at the Century Theater, that was before, I believe, Breakfast in America. And I believe it was after that concert, Supertramp walked into um, the old Mother's Bakery on Virginia Place in Buffalo. Right. And no, nobody, knew, fathers, yeah. nobody knew who they were. And so next time mm-hmm. they were in town, obviously, everybody knew who they were because everybody had Breakfast in America, uh, the album. Um, Phyllis, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the key to the topic today here is the, the music that wasn't cool. But you liked it anyway, and now everybody likes it. It's certain, like I'm going to call it the Hall and Oates phenomenon, where we used to mock Hall and Oates as teenage boys. Now we look at them and we really appreciate how good they are. That kind of stuff. Eight oh three oh nine thirty star nine thirty and one eight hundred six one six W B E N. Some people have always been cool. Super Tramp. Everybody had breakfast in America. Peter Frampton. He's had a, he's had a love affair with Western New York for many years. I don't know why, but it just it is what it is. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh-huh. Yeah, Christopher Cross is uh, playing tonight at the Riv. Um, I'm going there as a guest of the Riv. I'm being comped, but... Please understand, I have a long-term relationship with those guys. I've helped them out with some things, and it's just their little way of saying thank you. So I'm just being really upfront with it uh, about it. So anyway, uh, that is uh, the situation. But uh, how I'm turning, how I've turned this into a topic is, at some point in your life, you liked music that nobody else liked, and it might have actually held you back from going to one of their concerts. Some of you, however were very courageous, and you went and saw Barry Manilow. You saw the Bee Gees. By the way, easier for a young lady to see the Bee Gees in the 1970s than for a guy, because as a student at Ben Franklin or Kenmore East, if I'd have gone to school the next day, September of 1979, and said, hey, uh, I saw the Bee Gees last night, I probably would have been beaten up every day for the rest of high school. I'm just saying. It was like that. But some of you... Um, went against the trend, and you actually saw bands, groups, performers that became absolutely legendary. We did have a caller who saw the Bee Gees on September 14th, 1979. We had a caller who saw Roy Orbison, and Roy Orbison wasn't always cool. His career had peaks, it had valleys, and then he ended with a flourish with the Traveling Wilburys. And the reason he wore those glasses, by the way, I can kind of relate to this. Um, Roy Orbison had squinty little eyes. So he wore the glasses so people couldn't see how squinty his eyes were. And I've got the same problem. So a lot of times I'll wear sunglasses just because I don't like my squinty little eyes. You know, I just I'm not I'm not a big fan of my own eyes. So so there. 803-0930, Roy got it from me, clearly. Star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, speaking of uh, Hall & Oates, Daryl Hall wears uh, sunglasses on stage. They're not very dark. Jeff Lynn, ELO, he wears sunglasses on stage. I mean, he, at one point in his career, he did have eyes, but he no longer has eyes, just sunglasses. True story. Let's go back to the calls on WBEN. They weren't cool, but you saw them anyway, and now we're super jealous. And the people that you have seen that you never thought you would see, I call it the Hall and Oates. I'd call it the Christopher Cross effect, but Hall and Oates, I saw the thousands of people they drew to Canandaigua of all ages. And I'm going to tell you, when Hall and Oates was big, if you were a teenage boy, you could never admit that you liked Hall and Oates. You couldn't do it. I know. I lived through that period. Marie in Buffalo, you're on WBEN. Welcome to the program. And what do you have for us? Hello, Tom. I've been a huge Barry Manilow fan ever since I was 15 years old in 1985. I only got to see four of his concerts. In fact, I was at the second concert I went to in 1997. I was um, I was in the balcony for the one he did in 89 at Shades, but this one I was actually midway um, back in the um, Shades Auditorium. Oh, my. And the third one I got front row, but um, after 2002, he did no more concerts in Buffalo. Are you? Do you have any plans, my dear, on going to see him in Vegas? 
No, absolutely not, because I can't afford it. I mean, I am lucky I go to New York City every month on the Megabus for a dollar. So if it were the fluke that he would do some appearance in New York City, you know, at least I could take, like, you know, a Megabus there and see him cheaper. But no, and to be honest, I'm glad, I'm very fortunate those four times I got to see him. I got to see him at when he was much, much you know, at a younger point in his career. I would rather, like, remember Barry for what he was back then than I would now. You know, Marie, it's so interesting you've said that because um, I've seen Bob Dylan a few times, and I wish I hadn't seen him the last time I saw him at Shays. He was almost a parody of somebody. He spent the entire night hiding behind his piano, never introduced the band, never said hello Buffalo. He was just there. I mean, I know Bob Dylan's a weird guy, burdened by genius. Okay, I get that. But I saw him in 1979 when the Street Legal album came out and it, he he put on a terrific show. And uh, also, believe it or not, his Christian Slow Train Coming tour, that was really good. Well, I'm curious, why Barry Manilow never came back to Buffalo uh, since 20... I always wonder why he never came back since 20, 2002. Um, did his show here not sell very well? Well, the last one was at the arena. He, um, The three I got to go to, was it, like I said, I was 18 and 89 when I saw him at Chase. And like I said, I saw t- three shows, and then the last one at the arena did not sell well, if I remember. Well, that, that would be a reason. If, if a performer feels as though he's gone to the well uh, once too often, uh, you may not see him again at that particular well. But I'm still glad I got to see him, you know, at a younger point in his career. I mean, I love Barry Manilow and always be a fan, but I'm glad I got to see him when he was younger. Well, you I saw a legend, a legend in his prime. now because he's almost 80 years old and his voice is not what it used to be. I know a lot of fans are going to be mad at me for saying that, but I'm glad I got to see him younger than now. No, love, I, Marie, thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. I'm anxious to see how Christopher Cross's uh, voice is held out. And, you know, voices are very interesting things. Um, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, he can't sing anymore. He can't sing anymore because, as Mike Love told me, he used to smoke three or four packs of cigarettes a day. And some of the drugs didn't exactly help his throat either. You know, cocaine can have a corrosive effect. Um, But Mike Love of the Beach Boys, his voice is still amazing. And Bruce Johnston, his his voice is still more than adequate, uh, even for the Beach Boys stuff, which is very, very intricate. But uh, of the older singers, Mike Love has one of the best voices um, that I've heard. And, And Fagan with Steely Dan, his voice... It is as good now as it has ever been. At least it was the last time I saw him. And he he does stuff that is, some of it is pretty high and intense. Let's go to uh, Debbie in Buffalo on WBEN. Debbie, we're talking about music that wasn't cool, but you saw it anyway, and you've seen greatness that we missed out on. Oh, I've seen some really good concerts in my day. <laughs> now the key the One key of my is things to do. The key is they can't have been cool at the time. You had to buck the trend by going to see them. Oh goodness. Well, I guess they were kind of cool though. Um the Almond Brothers, the band and the Grateful Dead back in seventy three. Um Yeah, you don't get much cooler when... than that at that time. You saw the band. Yeah. Oh, that that in itself is worthy of a phone call. The band, um, they they were terrific. Oh, they were wonderful. Levon Helm, what a voice. Uh, Rick Danko had a chance to talk to him. 
Nice. Way, way, yeah, way back when. He's no longer with us. But uh, The Wait has got to be one of the most covered songs in music history. Definitely. Um, the, the neatest concert, though, ever uh, was Bette Midler. And this was back in the mid-'70s. And a friend of mine, Maria, loved Bette Midler to pieces. And she baked her a chocolate cake. I guess she found out all of the things that Bette Midler liked. And not long after that concert, um, my friend Maria ended up being diagnosed with leukemia, which took her life when she was only 19. But um, her brother contacted Bette Midler's manager. Bette Midler sent her magazines at the hospital and came here to Buffalo for her funeral. Is that cool or what? Are you serious? What that that's amazing. How how did how did they actually bond? Was it because of the cake? I uh, yes. Um when she, when we went to the concert there were a bunch of us girls and Maria just rushed up to the front to the stage and I guess the manager was there, so he took Maria backstage and she got to meet Bette Midler and give her the cake. And Bette Midler gave her a keychain or something, um, you know, to remember her by. And then when Maria got sick, her brother somehow contacted Bette Midler's uh, manager. Wow, I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of blown away by that story. That uh, I mean, Bette Midler. I'm sure Bette Midler and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but if she did that, uh, that's really quite amazing. My my opinion of Bette Midler just skyrocketed. That's amazing. Yes. Um, yeah, she's like at the top of my list for doing that because that was wonderful. I I don't really I don't really have the words. I mean, you know, Elton John developed a very close relationship with Ryan White during the AIDS epidemic of the 1980s. Um, Ryan White uh, was a young man who came down with AIDS because of a blood transfusion. Um, yep, Elton John that. Elton John was there with him until the end, and uh, you know, obviously Ryan White would have much preferred to. Have obviously to have lived a much much longer life but the years that he had at least they they were filled with love from a guy whose music he found so special i think he had a profound effect on elton john yeah yeah definitely and obviously your friend had a profound effect on bet midler because people just don't drop schedules to go to funerals of people they don't really know so you aren't kidding i know it was amazing that she came here to buffalo for that i mean if i die tonight do, magazines if i die tonight you think josh is going to come to my funeral <laughs> no way well we'll have to contact him we'll <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks thanks very much uh actually the way my family works you won't you won't know that i'm dead till about two weeks after i'm gone <laughs> All right, let's get back to the. Uh, oh, you don't. You don't suppose he'd show up, do you? Yes, he would. Oh no, we can't. No, no, it's got. It's got to be private. It's got to be confidential. Please. All right, it is uh, Bowerly on News Radio nine thirty W B E N, and it is Bowerly. Okay, that Bette Midler story. Now, Bette Midler, by the way, after Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. Um, there's no way that a teenage boy could ever have gone and seen Bette Midler. You understand this, not in the 1970s, but what a what a tremendous story. And, you know, she, Marie lives on in, in Bette Midler's uh, life somewhere. Uh, she, she played a role, obviously had an impact on Bette Midler. And uh, I'm just, I'm astonished by, by that story. That's incredible. All right, uh, let's get back to the calls on WBEN. Uh, by the way, guys, 
I, I never know what it is you want from me on any given day. And I thought this was going to be good for a little while. I wasn't expecting it to take off like it has. So all I can say is um, thank you because <laughs> just thank you. These stories have been great. Music you liked that you probably got mocked for at the time. And I'm so jealous of Mike in Chictawaga. And you're going to find out why now. Mike, you're on WBEN. There is no way the people you saw were cool when you saw them, if you were a teenager or young boy, but you saw some of the best. Go ahead and tell us. Absolutely. I saw Neil Sedaka at Melody Fair, and I'm only 57 years old, so I was a little younger, but it certainly wasn't cool. And I didn't want your show to end without mentioning the Carpenters at the odd. The Carpenters. Carpenters. Ladies and gentlemen, it was only a matter of time. I'm so glad that you mentioned the Carpenters because they were absolutely amazing. 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 Every time my kids hear the Carpenters on the radio right now, they think it's a, automatically a Christmas song. Automatically, when they hear Karen Carpenter, they just say, oh, why are you listening to Christmas music? I'm like, this is on top of the world. This is not... <laughs> Christmas music. I'm at the well, top but, of yeah. the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I have all their stuff. And uh, like I said, and I do want to mention one other thing. I don't know if your screener let you know, but there also was a, which tells you a sign of the times, a streaker ran across the stage at the Carpenters concert. That certainly gives a, I got to figure out what, do you remember about what year that would have been? I would say early 70s. I'm only 57, so um, you, you know, I was probably only like 10 years. Yeah, I was 10 years old, and I, my mother ripped the binoculars away from me because we were, of course, at the odd, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe so, you saw the Carpenters. Were they as good live as they were in studio? Well, my memory, I, I just, I, my memory serves me that, that they were just as good, and but I just can't get enough of them. And uh, and to let you know, I go to see Barry Mendel every time he comes around, and we've been to Billy Joel's concert in New York City a few times, my wife and I, and we plan, plan trips around him. Uh, you know what? Uh, Billy Joel was on my bucket list, and obviously there was, and, and Billy Joel, by the way, is another example. In the 1970s, at least, again, when, when you're a teenage boy in Tonawanda, Billy Joel, not cool. B no, right. no, not cool. Now, Billy Joel is an icon who plays at the stadium, and when he opened yeah. up with Anthony's song, it was just, it was magical. Pure yeah, so magic. Yep. We, every time Barry Miller or Billy Joel's are in town, we're there. It doesn't matter. I feel like uh, Alan in The Hangover, you were there? There was yeah, electricity was there. in the air. All right. Yeah. Thank thank you very much. Yeah, I don't want to keep you. Have a good day. No, man. Thank you. Richard Carpenter is still alive. Um, Karen Carpenter, unfortunately, um, she that, that whole story was definitely a little messed up. But uh, Karen uh, died back in the 1980s. A very tragic story for a very talented lady. Let's go to uh, um, we're talking about um, bands that weren't really cool, but you saw them anyway. And now you had the last laugh. Here's Barb in Amherst. Barb, you're on WBEN. What do you have for us? Hi, Tom. Uh, yeah, well, just a couple of things real quick. I know there was uh, there have been people talking about Barry Manilow. Just to mention, I remember my aunt and uncle telling me that they saw Barry Manilow in the early 70s, I believe it was, 
and he was at I think it was Mindy's Wine Cellar. Remember at the Northbound Plaza? I don't know that that just and came it, up the other day on the show. Yeah. Yeah, I and cannot. I, thing, I cannot imagine Barry Manilow playing at Mindy's Wine Cellar. Yeah, but did it, he it sing Mandy at Mindy's? Yeah. Okay, I got. I got to look that one up. It, it, can anybody verify that that Barry Manilow played at Mindy's Wine Cellar? Uh, email me Tom at wben.com. What else do you have for us? Who else did you see that wasn't um, cool? But you have the last laugh. Well, um, it was in the era of MTV, but before they became uh, hits, I saw the Stray Cats at Main Street South Campus at UB in the gymnasium. Brian Setzer? You saw Brian Setzer with the Stray Cats? Yes. And, of course, you know, Brian Setzer went on to do all of his, you know, Christmas spectaculars that he has every year and... um, so, you know, what those guys went on to fame. But I remember being in the gym over there at UB South, and so that was before they really exploded. So. Well, they, they sure did. Brian Setzer, an amazingly talented guitar player and vocalist. Um, he played um, Eddie Cochran in uh, either La Bamba or the Buddy Holly story. I think it was La Bamba. But um, he, uh, Brian Setzer's um, orchestral arrangements and his redos of some classic hits were just tremendous. In fact, Josh, uh, can we leave the show, my part of the show, with This Old House by the Brian Setzer Orchestra? Thank you very much, Barb. I appreciate hearing from you. Wow. Super cool, guys. Super cool. And you, they laughed at you, but you got the last laugh. In honor of that last call, uh, do we have a ready here? You don't have a ready. All right. Well, maybe you're not going to have time. Uh, the Brian Setzer Orchestra and This Old House. Let it play for a minute. This old house wants new children. This old house wants new wives. This old house wants home and comfort. And before the storm's alive, this old house wants rain with laughter. This old house heard many shouts. Now it trembles in the darkness where the lightning walks about. Yeah, check it out online. Brian Setzer Orchestra, This Old House. That whole album is outstanding. Thanks to that last caller who saw the Stray Cats. Great show, man. Great show today. Thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.